Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show continues to grow ridiculously fast. And I am so grateful for it. We now have well over 30,000 subscribers and we're growing faster today than we ever have. And I'm thankful to each of you for your ongoing support of the show. I love the direct messages. I love those, those messages that come that, that tell me how you binge listen to these. And some of you have said you've listened to every single one of the episodes. You're going to be glad you did today. Okay. I, I, I know that one of the huge reasons we continue to have so much support and so much growth is we continue to get amazing sales leaders to join us each week. And today, this week, it's no different. I am excited to have Stratton Golightly join us this week. I first met Stratton when he was a senior sales manager for the B2B sales team at Wayfair. He played a huge role in helping build a billion-dollar sales organization that turned a ton of heads, and rightfully so. Today, Stratton is the director of sales for Toolbox. He's helping fuel a high-growth SaaS company and is in that mode right now of hiring, training, coaching, selling, and doing it over and over again at ridiculous speed. Stratton's one of the rising stars in the sales leadership community. He has a fantastic track record of leading massive, well-established companies, as well as leading successfully emerging high-growth SaaS organizations. And as a result, Stratton is really uniquely qualified to have a really important conversation with me that I'm really looking forward to. I'm pumped to welcome him to the show. I'm excited to dive in deep with him. Stratton, welcome to the show. And my man, thanks for joining me. Hey, uh, longtime listener, first time caller, Rob. Uh, <laughs> super excited to be on. Um, you know, I was thinking about it last night and I, I'm one of those people that I'm pretty sure I've listened to every single episode. Sweet. I know I've listened to a couple episodes at least more than once. Um, but a, a Rob Jepson introduction, you know, put that on the bucket list and, and go ahead and check that one <laughs> off for me. So I'm excited to be here, Rob. I'm excited to have you. I, I, uh, I, I'm really excited. We're going to have a really important conversation today. I'm a huge fan, as you know, of, of what you've done for several years now. And uh, this, this uh, time you joining me on the show is long overdue. So thanks, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm excited to get into it, man. All right. Well, why don't we start by having you introduce yourself and Toolbox. Um, you've, uh, you've made a recent change. You're doing some really cool things there. So why don't you introduce Toolbox and what you do for your customers? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Toolbox, think of Uber Eats for construction material. Uh, that's kind of how Toolbox started. Um, we're, we're up in Canada, uh, mainly in Toronto. And essentially, you know, our founder was a builder. He's led a couple um, really successful construction companies. And he realized there was a need. Um, there was a big need in the industry. And it's, you know, you've got these uh, builders who are sending skilled laborers to the, you know, paying them 30, 40 bucks an hour to drive a truck for an hour and go pick up a two by four and come back. And so that's really where Toolbox started. And so what's really interesting though, is then we realize, or in, in working through that, we realized that suppliers of the material are also wildly underserved. It is a very mm. under digitized industry. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, aversion to, to changing and going digital, but what we've done over the last six months is we've really leaned into our supply relationships and we're building digital e-commerce 
for those um, suppliers. So essentially what we're doing is we're still working with our builders. We're still doing some material delivery, but over the last six months, we've spun up our e-commerce. So think kind of like a Shopify uh, type product here. And we, we go to suppliers, we go to local suppliers that really don't have an online presence. We help get their catalog online. We help give them a portal so they can manage their orders and you know, away we go. So they can start selling online and, and competing with those big box stores. So that's what we've been doing for the last six months. And it's, it's been a pretty fun ride, man. Love it. I, I love hearing stories of how people find ways to digitize, uh, you know, legacy approaches to doing business because those people who can figure that out and crack that code, they, they have massive success and growth, but they also do a lot of good in the, in the markets and communities and worlds that they work in. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, you know, this is kind of something we'll talk about in, in a minute here, but it, it's, it's telling the story, right? Like, it's, it's telling the story of like, we want to help connect and we truly do as a company, we want to help connect the builders and the suppliers and, and bring people together in the space. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. We, we really don't use the word disruptor a lot yeah. here because I know that one comes out when you're talking about tech, it's a very buzzword, right? Like we're disrupting the industry. Um, but yeah, we really aren't taking that approach of like, we want to disrupt, we want to connect, we want to build a community, want to bring people together and we're using technology to do that. So it's been a lot of fun. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know that there's a lot of great things you've been accomplishing along the way. I'd love to go back just a tiny bit more and talk about maybe your, how you got into sales. I love hearing that very few people uh, grew up saying, I'm going to be a salesperson or a sales leader when I grow up, but so many of us do. How'd you fall into sales and how'd that lead you where you are now? And, and it might be fun for you just to give our listeners a 60 second review on, on some of the stuff you did at, at uh, Wayfair, because that was a pretty impressive thing that you guys accomplished there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, at like almost everybody else, I did not grow up thinking I would be in sales. That was absolutely not on the agenda there, right? Yep. Um, uh, ironically, I needed to make money and uh, it was a really good way to do it. So yep. um, how I got in, you know, I did some door-to-door and and this this is a funny story. Like I did door-to-door alarm sales, like a lot of people in Utah, right? I went yep. out, I did it, I did that thing. I did one deal that I did not feel good about. And I was like, man, like I kind of pushed it over the finish line, kind of fudged some numbers, really didn't feel good about it. And so I actually, if you would ask me then I never would have worked in sales. Wow. Um, Yeah. It was, it was kind of an interesting experience. And so as I did more research, you know, and, and Wayfair came up, it was like, Hey, I want to join Wayfair. The open position is inside sales. And I I did some research and, and found that there's, there's two ways to do sales, right? The wrong way, the right way. You know, have great conversations. So true. So you know, true. Actually, yeah. give people value, and you know the the traditional salesman that gives us all a bad name um, that kind of pushes things over the finish line. So, uh, started at Wayfair, started at inbound sales, just with B two C. Had an opportunity to be a part of one of the first B two B teams, so I jumped over there. Um, was a B two B sales account manager. Did that for about a year, um, and then we started growing. Our it, you know, we always described our B2B as a startup within a big company because it really was, it was very scrappy. You know, there's this huge engine that like is, is working and we're trying to build our B2B. So started as a, you know, account manager there, did that for about, about a year. And then I jumped into a sales manager position um, and did that for about a year and a half. And then, um, you know, there was a need in Utah, Utah teams were growing. We had Boston team and a Utah team and it was like, all right, we got to grow. Um, we need to hire some more managers, some more account managers. And so I jumped into the senior manager role where, you know, now I'm meeting managers and the reps. Um, and then just, yeah, one, one other thing, and this is the thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, we started our onboarding program from scratch. So you know, we realized that we needed to have a touch point with our customers from engagement to actually like having an account manager. There needed to be a touch point in between there. So we spun up our onboarding team um, I interviewed everybody. I think I did like a hundred interviews in a week nice. <laughs> to try and get that up and rolling. And, uh, you know, we got to the point where we had about 120 plus reps and, you know, 12 managers running out in Utah and we were, we were pumping and moving. So it was a lot of, a lot of hard lessons, a lot of, you know, growing pains, but, um, you know, learned a ton from that. And that was a lot of fun. So, took all that experience and uh, jumped over to Toolbox um, to kind of get back in that startup phase, kind of get back in that dynamic environment. And so instead of saying the rest is history, now we say now we're making history, right? Now, now we're making uh, history. Yeah. 
All right. So let's talk about that. You just had, a, you just sent, shared a really unique experience. Like you built a really cool B2B experience, online experience for a big brand that we all know in Wayfair. You're building a, a really great success story in this emerging segment at Toolbox. Um, you, that gives you an interesting perspective, right? Um, now you're, you've applied leadership uh, skills, you're learning leadership skills in both places. Where do you see areas of overlap? Where do you see areas of difference? I mean, as you compare and contrast, let me tell you, tell you why. We have 30,000 people listening to us today. They're you know, different types of companies. Some are big, some are small, some are tech, some are finance, some are manufacturing. It's all over the place. It's, it's global. And we have people that may not have that exact same perspective. I'd love to get your perspective on you know, what you see from a leadership perspective as you look through both of those lenses. Yeah. As I look through both of those, you know, one of the, the big differences when you start to get so big, which is great, right? That's the dream. Everybody wants to start small and get big. But once you get so big, a lot of it can become very, very managery, right? And so very like stay within the guardrails here's the number, hit the number, you get the result, you know, and, and it's repetitive and it's, and it's over and over. And some people thrive really well in that environment. Um, you know, they can, that's, that's not for me. And, and I, the, the biggest difference that I have found from going from a big one, you know, a big company like Wayfair to a small startup like Toolbox is, is that leadership versus management, right? You know, when you think of a leader, you don't think of somebody that jumps in a one-on-one says, here's your numbers, here's where you need to, you know, grow this number, do this more K thanks, love you. Bye. Right. And sends them on their way. Like you, you really have to lean in and, and get back into that leadership mindset when you're at these smaller companies and, and at a startup, because it's all about the story and it's all about the purpose, right? It's all about what are we doing? What is that problem that we're solving for our customers? And as a sales leader, I have to work with my team and make sure we are all on the same page that we are talking about that story and, and that I'm not just jumping into a one-on-one and saying, all right, you made, you know, 40 calls, you need to make 45 calls, go make five more calls. Like that doesn't do anybody any good. Um, and so that would be like the biggest difference that, that I've seen is just really leaning into that space, really leaning into coaching and having dynamic conversations that aren't the same week over week, you know, a lot of, a lot of questions to those reps and, and having that conversation. So I want to talk into what those conversations are about here in a second, but I want to go back to something you said that I thought was really meaningful. Some people, some organizations, especially when you get bigger and you've got lots of reps, they establish those guardrails. And and the reason why is like, I'm thinking of one of my clients right now that has 3000 reps and over 200 sales managers. And their mission is that they've told me this, Hey, we're like the Titanic. You know, we're, we're slow to make directional changes and we just want to make sure we keep everyone going in a direction that we can live with. So if you're watching on Sales Leadership United right now, uh, you'll see I got my guardrails up on this camera. We don't get too far to the left. We don't get too far to the right. We just kind of try to keep everybody heading in this direction. And you're right. that It's a management job. It's more of a tactical job and you don't have the influence. The number that the, the word that's coming to mind as I listen to you. Uh, strat is influence because uh, what you talked about having those conversations one was about making sure that you are compliant the other was about how much influence do you have on where those tracks go and how fast you go through them right am i am, am i no, i mean what do you think as i say spot that? on man you're spot on seriously that like ironically you made a, a, a boat reference which i've made tons of times before right if wayfair is the <laughs> titanic toolbox is a jet ski like we're, we're, nice. we're left or right, okay. you know, we're, we're yeah. bouncing up and down and we're figuring it out. Um, and, and you're totally right. And again, I, you know, some people thrive really well in that environment. They, they really do. They like the consistency. They know where they're going, but you know, and, and you can still implement some leadership qualities there, but man, you know, that has been a huge challenge in a good way being here is, is taking that influence, taking that direction and the ability to move quickly and keeping your team on board and, and having those conversations. Right. And so when you talk about influence, like, yeah, you have to be able to not only have great conversations with your sales reps and, and really make sure that we're telling the story and and we're, we're finding that need and we're, we're expressing to our customers, like why we're in the space and how we can help them. 
but also internally too, you know, with your partners and stuff, with your, the people you have to collaborate with, um, having those conversations is super important and being able to take a, a leadership lens of it and, you know, a dynamic lens and not, this is what we do. This is what we've done for 20 years. So let's just keep doing that. You know, it's really all about like having those conversations. So I love it. So the, uh, there's a popular term that everybody that's listening has heard with the advent of social media, et cetera. And that's being an influencer, right? And, and influencers are all about like getting likes and clicks. And it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's not even so much engage with me. It's, it's, you know, it's look at me. And I'm thinking of like in the fitness world, it's look at my abs or look at my arms or look at my ass or whatever. Yeah. Right. It's like, are you calling me out Rob on my, no, my fitness? <laughs> no, though you do have Jumping. the guns. Yeah. Um, um, what I'm saying is, is that sales leaders, we need to be influencers, but it's a, it's a different kind of influencer because I think an influencer isn't someone who gets someone to look and then stop and look for a minute because that's guardrail mentality. Look at the guardrail, stay inside. Don't get too close to the edge. An influencer gets people to willingly want to change is what I think. And I think that's what you're talking about. It's like, how do we help people intentionally grow, intentionally improve? What am I becoming rather than what am I doing? What, I mean, what, what do you think yeah, about and that? And you know what I'm thinking about too? Like when yeah. you say like influencer, I, what came to mind too, for me is like engager, like you've got to be an engager. You've got to engage people. Like there's a di big difference, right? Between, and, and this is true in, in my world too. Like sometimes the, this, the squeakiest wheel gets the oil, right? Somebody, sometimes the person that can, you know, talk the loudest or is, is, you know, the most vocal gets, you know, can, can influence the way that things go, but really engaging, engaging is the most important part. And, and especially with your reps, right. In their one-on-ones, like that's one of the things that I try to hold so sacred is like, mm. Hey, your one-on-ones are important. We, we try everything we can not to move them and they have to be about you and getting better. And sure. I could be an influencer and just say like, look at what I've done and, and look at all these cool things, you know, this and, and trying to influence them. But man, I'd rather engage them and I would rather have that conversation and I would rather really dig in and, and talk to them. And when you're, you're trying to get somebody to grow too, like you, you have to drive that engagement. So you first of all have to come to the table engaged, not just, Hey, I'm going to tell you where to go. Right. Cause we, we talk about that. Love that a lot too. Yeah. I love there's it. A, yeah. There's a huge difference between, Hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to Man, sorry. I'm thinking of so many managers that I've worked on with this, where they'll come in and and we'll, we'll they'll record their one on one, and we would rewatch them back, and they'd be like, "Look, I got them to the spot that I wanted to get them to," and it's like that's not the point. Right? The point isn't to coach to where you want them to be. The point is to coach them to success, right? And sometimes that merges a little bit, but really, it has to. You have to engage them. You have to get them you know, talking, you have to understand where they want to go and then help guide them there, not help guide them to exactly where you want to be. So that's kind of where Boy, my head goes on that. I one. love what you just said is it's not getting them where you want them to be. It's helping them get to where they want to be. And that's why, like, I like this concept of an influencer. We didn't even think about this when we were talking about our topics, when we got ready to go and, and nothing on our shows ever scripted, but I, this concept of what does it mean to be an influencer? I, I think that's a really great uh, definition of a elite sales leaders is they have influence, right? They, they, people willingly give them that, that ability to have influence on what they become. It's such well said. And I love how you're talking about how you've developed other leaders that are coaching people. I, I want to get into that in a minute, but I want to back up again. So you're talking about the conversations and I, I want to, I want to get your take on a belief that I have one of the Jepsonisms. Okay. <laughs> um, I've, I sales has changed so much in the last two years, forget about, you know, the last five years. Like, it's almost like, I don't care what you did pre COVID at all. <laughs> it's changed so much post COVID. Right. Yeah. It's, maybe that's too extreme, but I think you get where I'm saying. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I we, I'll never stop selling if only to make sure that I can be relevant to what's happening in the world around me, because too many people, they keep talking about what used to happen. Right. Anyway, um, here's what I want to know. I used to, I've, I've said this for years. I still believe it. Okay. I've been on sales calls today. Um, I still believe that whoever has the best conversations win. And the way that a lot of people say it, and that I've said it is conversations are king. Okay. 
And I think that still applies to sales, but I think it applies as much in leadership and coaching as it does in salesmanship. Your thoughts on if the term, if that line conversations are king still applies. Yeah, I think it absolutely applies. And I think like, look, it, it, it applies on both those levels, you know, conversations are king absolutely with, with your prospects and with your customers. Right. And it, and it is as a sales leader too, because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're selling them on your leadership as well. Like every conversation you have, you're, you're selling them on your leadership, you're selling them on your intention. Right. And, and I think the universal truth between those two, you know, is, is questions. Like I'm such a big fan of asking questions. I'm such a big fan of like digging in, right? And not at the surface level too. So when you say conversations are king and influencing, you know, like it's so important to ask the questions because if if you're going to help influence somebody and you you do kind of want to help them get better, you need to you need to dig down a couple levels. And so you need to ask those questions. And it's the same with your customers, right? Like we all get the immediate no right off the bat. We all have the surface level conversations, but if you can really ask those questions and you can really dig in and find out like the starting point, the root of everything, you can help influence, you know, to where they want to go. And when it comes to coaching too, I guess the other thing is, is I just, I think about that word coach, right? And if you think of some of the greatest coaches in any sports, I'm a big sports yep. guy too, right? Yep. Yep. They, they are influencers too. Think of Belichick, right? Like I know everybody wants to have that debate between Belichick and Brady, but at the end of the day, the guys accomplished some great things. You yep. think he doesn't influence his people? Like you think he doesn't like have a way of, of having those conversations? You know, he's, he's a little short. I don't know if he's like a phenomenal conversationalist, but he influences, right? And he asks the questions and he, he, tries to help put his people in the best position to succeed. So I don't know. I think influencers, it's just really important, but it's also important with the intention too. So maybe that's like the big key is, is between, I just want to get you somewhere and Hey, I want to help you get better. And we're trying to move forward. So there's a couple places we can go with this. And I think this is really important. I'm, I'm going to draw on some of the work I do with my clients. I, you know, I coach about 130, 140 sales leaders right now. And, um, and it's really awesome because it's in a diverse group and some of them are like C-level, been seasoned sales leaders for a long time. Others are brand new ones that want to be successful faster and everything in between. And what I'm about to say is a really common thing and it, and it substantiates. We've both seen the studies that show that most sales leaders are not that great at coaches. Okay. They all self-identify over 80% self-identify that I'm great at it. But when you talk to the reps that work for them, it's less than 20% say, what I get from you is helping me, okay? So the, our, this conversation is not about that. That, that. That's already there. People know that. I hope people are willing to look in the mirror and say, am I really, like, am I, am I part of that gap? Because probably most are. They just don't know, okay? Because they think what they're doing is coaching. When I start working with some of these people and we start diving into it, and we want to have the conversations like what you're talking about, like I you gave us a sneak peek of what it was like to be developing your managers to have better coaching conversations because they were recording their coaching conversations, which is a great, great uh, suggestion to our listeners. We co- we record co- uh, sales calls, but I found very few that actually record their coaching conversations. And yeah. that's a whole and, other and conversation. Yeah. Whole, yeah. I mean, yeah. we can go down that road if yeah. you want, but like, yeah, it's, we can, we can I'm talk not about there it, yet. but I'll so let you let, finish your thoughts. Let me stop rambling because I want to hear what, what you've got to say on this one. I have a lot of people that say, okay, I want to fix that. I want to become a great coach. I want to have the conversations that are king. I want to have those. And so they try to have the conversation around becoming rather than the managing conversation that the reps are conditioned to. And they get looked at with big eyes like, where did my leader, who are you? And where did my leader go, right? What's this stuff about you wanting to talk, you know, what do I aspire to? What do I want to become? Like they aren't conditioned for that. And it, like, it feels weird at first. Can you talk to our, li- our listeners about how do you start having those conversations in a way that they don't like, it's like, okay, I know some of it's cultural, but how do you start having those conversations if you haven't yet? Well, I honestly, a couple of things, you know, and, it, and it's tough, but first and foremost, set the stage, set the stage, tell them, this is what I want to do. You know, when I, when I first made that change, cause I went through that transformation too, 100%. When I was first a sales manager, I managed to the spreadsheet. I managed to the numbers. That yes. was our one-on-ones. They were very stale. They were very cold. It was just, this is, you know, here's the template, fill it out. 
what and it was all well, about isn't that one numbers. of the most common that's one of the most common mistakes i see is they make it about the te- the, the template fill this stuff out right i just like it's funny to hear Absolutely. you say that. keep going yeah, no, sorry and, I interrupted and, you. no no you're good because it, it's such a it, it's such important part and if i could give any any new sales manager uh advice would be don't do that first of all right but it would be like separate those if you need to have that conversation and you need to just get the numbers and have the reporting, that's fine. Have that conversation, but separate it from your coaching, right? And I'm pretty sure you've had a couple guests on here that have mentioned that same yep. kind of concept, but separate your coaching and then be really like, be really open about it. Um, one of the things that I learned was vulnerability, right? As a coach, it's okay to not have the answer. It's okay to not know everything and not have that silver bullet of like, we're going to jump into this coaching. I'm going to give you exactly what you need to know. And we're going to have this great conversation. You're going to leave it feeling pumped, ready to, you know, ready to, to jump through the ceiling. And so, you know, to your question, I would say, set the stage, set the stage, tell them, Hey, this may be a little uncomfortable, but here's what I'm trying to accomplish, right? I want to help you get better. I want to work on the things that you want to work on. And I want to be there in your corner to help guide you to success. Like, I think it's so important to set that stage and, and be open about that with people because not enough, not enough people do that, Rob. Like not enough people are vulnerable enough to say like, Hey, Rob, this might be a little awkward. Like we're going to start coaching and, and I'm going to try really hard to be a better coach for you. And I might not be great at it at first. And it may be a little awkward, but at at the end of the day, we want to get better. It's so important and not enough people do it because if I had to guess, you know, drawing on my own experience, it's scary, right? It's scary to be vulnerable sometimes and be like, Hey, maybe I'm not great at this. And here's why sales leaders, we have this in our mind that I'm supposed to have like answers for them. I'm supposed to be like someone that has answers. And so I got my Jepson's laws of, of sales leadership. Jepson's third law is leaders on pedestals make easy targets. Okay. And so when you put yourself on the pedestal, it's easy for people to want to take you down. And I've seen that happen to me. I've, I've seen it happen to tons of people. And so getting off that pedestal and saying, I'm trying to get better at this and I'm going to connect to where you are. Uh, I think that's really a great piece of advice to be vulnerable. Uh, I'm going to ask you another one. I, I, this is one you're not expecting. So forgive me. Um, I'm going to give you one that was given to me by one of my uh, sales leaders recently that is vulnerable with me and is trying to become an elite coach. That's why we're working together is he wants to be an elite coach. So we tried to put the coaching framework in the conversation. I, I, I almost feel like we should take the word coaching out and resp- replace it with conversation because coaching sometimes gets mistaken as what it's for. And I love how you said conversations are what it's about. Um, he went and had it and, and his conversation, he started with, Hey, you know, kind of, what are you aspiring to and what's your plan and how can I help you? That kind of stuff. He was trying, it was so, but it was so new for his team because they were used to the template. They yep. were used to the numbers. They were used to coaching being about either fixing what's broke or justifying your activities over the last whatever period of time. Oh and yeah. So here's, here's what he, he asked that question, which plan and they looked at him like he's crazy. And he said, Hey man, my, my plan and what I aspire to, what I'm trying to do, I'm just going to work as hard as I can work. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I'm going to be as, as the best I can be. I'm, I'm going to work my best. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that's enough. And he came back to me. He's like, Rob, what do I say when someone says that to me? Cause, cause, cause we were trying to have the conversation. So I, I'm really interested because you've done a lot of, of really high quality coaching and what, what's your advice to, cause I think that's not that uncommon. As I've shared that, people are like, yeah, I've actually felt the same way before. What, what, any thoughts on something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, look, what you're making me think of, and, and maybe this is, again, a little little off where we were going, but like, yeah, who cares? Uh, yeah. Imposter syndrome, right? Like people struggle with that a lot. And then, you know, they just say, well, I'm just going to do my best, close my eyes and hope it works. Right. And so like we get that response all the time. That's such a canned response. Like I'm going to do my best. Thousands of listeners right now are listening to you and me. I bet thousands of people that are listening to the show have heard the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Hey, how do you think we're going to get there? What do you think? Well, I'm just going to give it my A effort. We'll we'll let the cards fall where they may. Right. And so that's where like a little bit of coaching experience and, and a little bit gets in there where it's like, awesome. Let's make a plan. Right. That is always my response. Awesome. Let's make a plan to get there. Let's talk about what there is. That can be the first question, right? Like, I'm just going to cross my fingers and, and hope I hit my number. You know, the first 
again, it's all about those questions and reflecting back like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Like what, what would a good number look like for you? Like, where do you want to be? Okay. Let's reverse engineer that. Okay. What does that mean? You know, monthly, weekly, daily. Okay. What is your mind? And the other piece too, is like, what's your mindset? How do you get yourself up for that? Right? Like, how do you look at this? Is this a job just to get you by? Is this something you're passionate about? And then you just roll from there. So I'd say like, anytime you get that response of like, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, just give it my all and we'll see where the cards fall. Like, awesome. Let's make a plan. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's get down to some smart goals, right? If you want to get down into there. So I, I would say, yeah, we've all heard it. Um, you know, I, I even get it with my guys sometimes where they're like, well, you know, I'm just gonna make my calls and hope people pick up. Right. Like we also have all heard that one like a billion times too. So it's all about making a plan. That's where I would say, just boil it down. Great. That's awesome. Let's make a plan to get there. What does step one look like? Strat, that's such good advice. Cause it's, it's simple. It's not like, oh, I've got the great, like one liner to use in that situation. It's, it's your authentic. I love it. Like I'm going to re- repeat back because I want our listeners to start to have this uh, sinking because what you just described is something they can use today in their one-on-one. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Let's make a plan, right? Hey, I'm going to do my best. Awesome. What does that look like? Let's make a plan. I like that. Or the one that I put like a star by is tell me more, right? Getting into that. Tell me more. And, and let's start into visualizing because you mentioned mindset and we both know our mind thinks in pictures. And so we got to talk about, you know, what does that look like? What, how does that how does that manifest or experience, you know, how does that show up? And, 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 and then you said, how do we reverse engineer that? How do we make that happen? These are so simple. And, and then you finished with, I, I didn't write it down. Right. Cause I was, I was, you were, you were cooking with gas. It was hard to keep up. <laughs> it was something along the lines of how does that make you feel? Or does that fire you up? It should like yeah. maybe be a little scary or maybe it should make the hair stand up on the back of your neck just a little bit. Right. Does, does that fire you up? Because we want them to be in the inspiration business, right? We don't want to be in just the perspiration, work your ass off business. We want to be in the inspiration business. And, and oh, I love that term. I don't know right? if you just came up with that one, but I'm still in that one. Inspiration business, <laughs> not the perspiration business. But right. yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right, Rob. And it's yeah, like make and, and you have that's the difference too. Like I want to point that out too, just listening to you talk about it. Like that's the difference between management and leadership, right? You can still do these things as a quote unquote manager and just say, okay, how are we going to get there? What's the plan? And they're not bought in, right? And that's the difference between a manager and a coach or a leader, right? Coaches will push you. There's a, you can still be a coach and still challenge somebody, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to make this and that. Be like, really? Is that? In fact, if we don't really challenge them, get there? Yeah. we're letting them down, right? We're letting oh, absolutely. them down. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Again, think of the best coaches you've, you've seen. I'm a big sports guy, right? Yep. They're not just like super nice. Be like, oh, that sounds good. You know, great. No, they push and they, they, they say they challenge a little bit, right? Like, oh, well, okay. You said you can make this many calls. Like what would, ha- what would it look like if you made five more, you know? And, and what would that do? How does that feel? You know, oh man, you said you could only do this, but like, I've heard your calls. Like, I, I think we can do more. And like, what does that look like? And then you have to explore that. So I think, you know, that's the big key between being a, a manager, coaching to the numbers, being a leader and saying, awesome, like, let's make a plan. Let's challenge it. Let's, let's inspire ourselves. And let's really make sure that the things that you care about, that you're really passionate about are tied to that plan and are tied to those actions. What I love is I talk to you, Stratton, it sounds so natural as I listen to you. It's just so natural. And it's, it feels calming as I listen to you, right? You're talking <laughs> about pushing people. Yeah. As I listen to you, it sounds, sounds natural. Uh, how important is that authenticity? How important oh. is that? I mean, because I, as I listen to you, dude, um, I can tell that it's core and it's like, you're comfortable with it. You're not like nervous. You're not like, Ooh, I hope this goes over well. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I learned it early on. And, and unfortunately I learned it through some tough circumstances, right? I, I managed some people and I, I pushed, you know, I, I, I didn't care about the person. I pushed the number and I learned that really hard lesson and I, I burned some people and, and that's just not who I am. And so I think like, if I could give anybody like advice, care about your people, care about them as people, put your people first. And that's really what like gets me fired up. And that's what like inspires me to be a leader. That's, that's my why in the morning, right? Seeing somebody having a coaching and setting some goals that they are bought in on and they are excited about. 
And then being able to see that at the end and be like, you did it and celebrating and being super excited. Like those, that's so important. And as a leader, and if you're not, I mean, you don't have to like be, you know, super passionate every single day. We all have good days and bad days, Yep. but if you don't really have that deep, like drive inside of you that, Hey, I genuinely want to help you get better. I care about you as a person and this job and this role, that's what's so beautiful about sales. This conduit is going to help us get there. So I think that's like where a lot of my passion comes from. And, and I would challenge any leader if, if you call yourself a leader, right. That like, how are you implementing that? How are you caring about your people? How are you helping really understand them as a person and, and helping them get to the goals that they want to get to? Um, and really, you know, one of the great things that I think you're bringing awareness to that I, I see more and more in on LinkedIn mostly is just this like change from salespeople are a number, you know, hit your number. That's it. You're, if you can't do it, you're no good to me. And Hey, how do we lead and inspire people? Because everybody's different yep. and we all want the same thing. Everybody wants to be successful. So just be a leader and help them get there. Ask those questions, figure out what success looks like to them. So we only have 10 minutes and I, I want to ask one more question. I told you this was going to go fast, man. It always, <laughs> yeah. When I get guys like you, it always does. Um, I want to ask one more question about authenticity because I think that's pretty important when it comes to this conversations being king and this influencer concept that we talked about. Is there any advice you've had so people actually know you're authentic? Because we've all had those bosses that you just talked about, that you're just the number, you're a means to my end. Is there any, any advice you'd give? So like, yes, be authentic. You already said you got to do it. Any ways that people will actually know you're authentic or is that only seen through consistency? Any, any insights there? Yeah, I, I think you're, you're hitting it on the head and it, and it's consistency, right? And it's intention too. Like you okay. got to check yourself on your intention. Mm. If you're asking a question that you already know the answer to, you're not being authentic, right? You're not actually like coming with an open mind and listen, you know, genuinely wanting to hear from your person. And that will really kill the authenticity. So I would say like really genuinely, like you, you got to check your intention. Am I asking you this question because I want a specific answer? Or am I asking you this question, putting my agenda aside for a second, like really challenging myself and letting you go where you want to go. And I think that's where a lot of anxiety comes in as a new manager, right? And as you're stepping into this leadership space is it's so hard to detach from that agenda of like, we want to have a coaching conversation. I need you to leave here inspired. I need you to leave here, you know, wanting to hit your number and really putting that agenda aside, like truly check yourself before you go into a, a coaching and when you ask that question, you've got to be intentionally genuine. You have to be like, look, I don't care what the answer is. I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to let them go. And then I'm going to get interested, right? I'm going to see where they go with it. So, you know, tactically or a very specific thing, you should always have five to 10 minutes before coaching if possible and really like get yourself in that mindset. I think that's a, a very like specific thing that you can do is take, take a few minutes. If you're meeting, 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 objective, 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 and then you hop into a coaching it's really hard to turn that brain off. And so take a few minutes, Such before, good advice. check your head, make sure you're in a good mindset and then go into it. I love how you said, don't ask something you already know, because that's going to scream agenda louder than anything else. And I think the biggest culprit of that is when you're beating people up with data and it's that spreadsheet leadership you talked about yep. and instead of like, what is this? It's, you know, what's the plan to to do something about this, I think is a way better way of looking at that. So, so good. Yeah. Help so me good. understand. That's always a good one, right? Hey, and, and, but you got to be careful with it, right? Help me understand. And Hey, Rob, see you here. I know we wanted to be here. Help me understand. Like what's what kind of going on? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And then again, take that agenda up, just listen to what they're saying. Cause they're going to give you the keys. They're going to give you the game plan. And that's where the fun comes in as a coach is taking that response and saying, Oh, tell me more about this. You said this, how can we work on this? Right. And then they're bought in. It's, it's from their mouth. It was their idea. Um, you're just the facilitator. You're, you're the Yoda. They're the Luke, right? I love it. So this takes me to the next thing. I had two things down. I think we probably will only have time for one. We'll see what happens. I think this is a good one though. So I think there's a lot of parallels between sales and sales leadership. A lot of people don't think there are. I, I respectfully disagree. Okay. 
The skill that made you a good salesperson is the ability to connect to a problem, have a conversation and create a well-lit pathway to helping the customer solve that problem, in my opinion. The skill that will help you as an influencer slash leader slash conversation person with a rep is to connect to a problem they have, meaning they're not where they want to be, have that authentic conversation with them, and then make a well-lit pathway to success for how they're going to get there. I think that's the skill that if you were good at that as a rep, and in today's world, you're not going to be a good rep unless you can do that. That's the conversation you have with your, um, with your reps, okay? And I think that salespeople screw that up because they start pitching products too soon. But I think the sales leadership version of that is we screw it up because we start talking about the production that we want them to have too soon, yep. right? Any, any comments around that syndrome? Yeah. Uh, to put it all together, Rob, it's authenticity and intention, right? Mm. Same with your customers. Yes. I know you're here. I know this is the pain point you have. I want to get you here. Here's the well-lit path to get there. But if, if, if that's a self-serving agenda and self-serving well-lit path, like as a rep, yeah, you're going to struggle today and you're going to struggle as a leader as well. So if your leader is coming in and saying, Hey, you're here, I want you here. Here's how we're going to get here. But I don't really care if you're on board, I don't really care if this is your way to get there. The other piece that I would say too, that like you kind of, it's the same with customers as it is with leaders is there's not one path from A to B, right? Mm. There's not one path. Mm. There's, it's not always perfect and linear. I mean, look, ask any sales rep. We would love for laydowns. Be like, cool. If I say this, I get this. If I say this, I get this. And I walk them from steps one to 10 and we're that we're done. It happens that way, right? Every customer is different. Every customer is unique. You have to be able to communicate, really understand what questions to ask to get them there. The ending point might be the same, but, but it's the same in sales leadership. And it's the same in coaching is not everybody is going to get from A to B the same way. They're not. There's so many different types of people and there's so many different types of communication styles that if you are only good at one of them, you're going to struggle as a leader and an inspirer, right? And an influencer, you have to be able to understand that people are going to go from A to B, but everybody might have a little bit of a different path. Everybody can still get there, but they might have a little bit of a different path. And one more thing that I'd throw on top of that too, is like the, the kind of cool thing as a, as a, as a sales leader is like the business agenda, right? Objectives. That's pretty universal. So like, nobody's really going to challenge you on that. Like, again, salespeople are smart. They're, they're humans. They're, they're intelligent people. And I, and you kind of touched on this earlier of not being on a pedestal. And as a manager, I think the other piece that helps you kind of connect and get people from A to B is just remember that like, just because you have a title and you have a role, it doesn't make you better than anybody. That's just, it's a different set of responsibilities, right? It's a different set of, you know, responsibilities and skill sets. And so your job is to help your people be successful. So your job is to figure out where their A is, figure out what their path looks like to get to B. And that's, that's it. And if you can do that intentionally and genuinely, you're going to be a lot more successful. That is a killer way for us to start wrapping this episode. I'm going to table the next one for the next time we have you on someday. And um, I'm telling you, Strap, that's a big one. Individualization. I think it's rare to see that done right. People need to feel like the person that they work with and work for gets them. You know, there's truth to this whole world of empathy opens the door and competency keeps the door open. But we got to create instead of I got you moments, it's I get you, right? Yeah. I get you, right? Instead, I got to get you before I got you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love how you said that. Like you may have 10 reps on your team and that means you may have 10 different routes to get from A to B and that's okay. It needs to be okay, right? Oh, that's so important, Rob. And And I feel like, you know, yeah, sometimes we just don't talk about it enough. I mean, everybody uh, hopefully gets that concept, but man, truly embrace it. You know, I had a manager that me and her butted heads so hard at the beginning because I was trying to communicate to her how I wanted to communicate. And I wasn't communicating to her the way that she communicates. And once I took a step back and really dug in (coughs) to how she communicated, the game changed, right? And she's one of the most successful leaders I've had because we figured it out. We figured out what her path was 
and she she's very successful. She's a great leader. So yeah, yeah our job is concept. to not be efficient as leaders. Our job is to be effective, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, and so that means we got to be okay with different routes for different people. I love it. So I I I think that's perfect. So I want to ask you our three questions we ask everyone, and um, I can't wait to hear your answers. And then I want to give you uh, just one last kind of final thoughts as we wrap up this important conversation around, you know, all these influencing and, and conversations, et cetera. So you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right, man. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now and, and any thoughts on how you beat it? Uh, you know, it's going to be what we talked about, Rob. And this is, I'm just so Great. passionate about it. And it's just genuinely caring about your people. Mm. I think, you know, I have to check myself daily where it's like, look, we're going fast and we have numbers to hit. That is sales. We signed up for it. I think that's one of your favorite, you know, one yep. of your lines, right? Hey, yep. we signed up for the number. That's part of it. We all get that, but man, care about your people, care about your people. And I think that that gets lost sometimes. Um, love it. You know. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, it, the, this whole episode is about that. So I think you're dead on. I think and you see this reshuffling and this leaving of companies because of the lack of commitment to the individual, right? So absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm excited for this one. You've built big teams. You're in the middle of building a rapid growth team right now. When you are building a team, do you have an interview question or concept that you have as a go-to? And what are you looking for when you leverage it? Yeah. And it's, it's pretty simple. I, I, I thought about this one before. My, my favorite interview question is at the end, and, and this is very specific to sales. I mean, you can put it anywhere else, but why you? Why you, Rob? Why you over somebody else? And again, I'm not looking for a specific answer. I don't even actually give a shit what the answer is. I'm looking for how you answer it, right? I'm looking for how you answer it. I'm looking for passion. I'm looking for, you know, like grit. And, you know, even if you're nervous, that still comes through to me. And that's something that I'm very sensitive to because when I'm building a team, I want people that are passionate. I want people that are bought in on the cause. So why you? One of my favorite questions. No specific. So answer. good. So good. All right. Last one. The great leaders, the elite ones, they never stop growing. We, we keep trying to grow every single day. <clears throat> we found that as a result that leaders quite often are readers. It doesn't have to be pages. It can be audibles, but it also could be smaller things like blogs or even podcasts. Uh, is there anything you'd recommend to our, our listeners right now on, on something that they might want to consume and, and add to their repertoire uh, as they go down their leadership journey? Outside of this podcast, first of there all. There we go. So start Thank there, you. right? The Thank you. Self, self now, honestly, one of my favorite, I'm going to say I have three favorite books and you know I, I'm continuing to read a bunch, but my, my three favorite books are Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I love, love that book. I play it on, on repeat in the gym and just let it play. Hmm. Um, salespeople and the sales champions. One of my absolute Keith favorite Rosen. books. If you're going, yep. yeah, if you're going into leadership, read that book. And then my other favorite one is the Lost Art at Closing, um, which also he has the only sales guy you'll ever need by Anthony Anthony Anarino. Did I say it right? Those it. are my favorite ones. If you're getting into sales as a leader or rep, read the only sales guy you'll ever need. Oh my gosh, it will put you on the right path. It'll give you those guardrails. So those are my three kind of favorite so books that I would have people read. So good. So we're, we've run up on it. We've talked about some really important things, conversations and how to make them meaningful, make them so they can be king. We've talked about being an influencer instead of just a manager that keeps them in the guardrails. Uh, we, we've talked about being a Sherpa, if you will, and, and guiding people instead of just telling them where to go. Right. And, uh, and, and so any final thoughts, if you take another 60 seconds, 120 seconds, any final thoughts to, 30 some odd thousand people around the world that are learning how to have conversations that matter today? Um, no, nah, man, you know, I, I, like I said, I think we just, we really hit the nail on the head. And if you can't tell it's something I'm super passionate about, but um, yeah, believe in your people, trust in your people. If you genuinely care, they will sense that. If you genuinely don't care, they will sniff that shit out pretty quick. So be, be an intentional leader, be an authentic leader, be a genuine leader, set your agenda aside for two seconds and uh, ask a question without knowing the answer and, and let it go where it's going to go. His name is Stratton Golightly. He is the sales leader Sherpa, helping people all over the place, <laughs> helping them get from having managerial conversations to being an influencer that helps people choose to grow and choose to become rather than just work their guts out. 
Strat, it was so awesome to have you on. I love your comfort level talking about these conversations. And I'm confident that's one of the reasons why you've had so much success. I hope our listeners around the world will take a page from what they just watched you do today so they can become Sherpas just like you are. And as I say to everyone, my friend, thanks for joining us and happy selling. Thanks, Rob. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders, you've got killer sales process, proven sales tools, and great sales training in place, but you've been left on your own to figure out your sales leadership process, your sales leadership tools, and your sales leadership training. And while there are no shortcuts to success, you can absolutely get there faster if you take the most direct route. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United as a resource center for every sales leader, no matter how long you've been leading sales teams. If you liked the content of this podcast, you're going to love the sales leadership content in my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. You can find it on Patreon, and it's like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this and all of our podcasts in three to five minute segments, all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your sales leadership journey. You're going to find my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, lots of sales meeting ideas, sales leadership and coaching systems, and much, much more. You can find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. So don't go reinventing sales leadership. Tap into the proven training and techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world. Head over to Sales Leadership United right now. Now, I also want to thank each of you, our listeners. We had more downloads in April than any other month in show history. We're going to be at the 50,000 subscriber version uh, level very, very soon, and I I can't believe it. The show just grows faster and faster every month, and I'm so grateful to each of you for your support of the show. It's really mind-boggling to me that the show is being listened to by so many leaders in so many countries all around the world. And many of you have told me you've listened to every single one of the over 180 episodes that we've had. So thank you, because there's no show without you. I do this because I love the sales leadership community, and I'm so grateful that so many of you find the show helpful. Thank you. Your support of this show has been humbling, it's been inspiring, and I am pumped to keep bringing killer guests to you every single week. Now, I've known Stratton for a long time now, and I love watching the up-and-comers in the sales leadership world make things happen. We've had a few of them join us recently, and it's been really fun uh, to, to tap into what's happening with them. Now, I could spend a ton of time pointing out lessons from Stratton and taking charge of his own career because he's done a great job of that. But I want to emphasize just how much I love his approach to coaching because that's what really uh, I haven't stopped thinking about since we had that conversation. I I watched um, Stratton make big impact at a really big inside sales org at Wayfair. And right now, I'm watching him be a difference maker as a director of sales at a high-growth SaaS company. And while the company, the problems they solve, the products they offer, and and so much more have changed, one thing that has not changed with Stratton is his commitment to individual development. And I love how he's made the development of his people, his foundation as a sales leader. I want you to notice that his focus point wasn't the pursuit of the quota or the number. Um, His focus has been about helping those he leads get better faster. And he really started off by talking about how he has influence how he engages, and it all came back to the conversations that he created. Coaching isn't about his agenda. It's not about the template. It's not about, you know, how he reports and addresses the numbers, okay, Or, or who does what when. It's about an authentic connection and conversation that is 100% about where the rep is going and how they can get there together. I want you to think about that for a second. Your members of your team have lots and lots of meetings. How many of them are 100% about the rep? The only one that that will be the case on is their coaching conversations. And so that's why it's so important that you get good at this, okay? I was really, really moved by Stratton's genuine authenticity. It struck me. It it, it was awesome. His depth and his ability to communicate how he connects And the drivers of the coaching conversations, they're all good indicators of why he's having so much success as the leader of salespeople. 
I think that the number one most important role for any sales leader is the individual growth and development of the people that you lead, okay? Development. That's a role. That's one you should write down, development. I think it's role one, okay? It's not necessarily development in sales success. It's development in personal growth and helping them become that next best version of themselves. And so development's something that you should write down. It's something you should think about. And if you want to be good at development, then you've got to take the persona on of being a collaborator. Not a driver, not a dictator, a collaborator. And I think there's three personas that each sales leader needs to be able to take on. Each one is going to help you fulfill the critical roles that a sales leader has of development, environment, and accomplishment. And Stratton's someone who really gets why collaborative leadership is so important. He is that collaborator. Did you hear him talk about the conversations? He used phrases like, let's make a plan. How do we reverse engineer that? Tell me more. It was all about we and us and togetherness. It wasn't figure it out, okay? Um, You know, one of my leaders today, not today, over the weekend, sent me a, a, a copy of a message that he sent to a, a few salespeople that he put on notice. And I didn't think that was done in the best way. I, I was I, I was disappointed that we didn't get a chance to talk that one through before that one hit send. Um, I, I believe that we've got to collaborate. And, and yes, they're responsible for their own success. And, and we can't coach effort. Um, but we do need to create that environment where, where they can succeed if they have that effort. So I, I, my advice to you is, is that you take Stratton up on the fact that conversations are king. You know, for a salesperson, conversations with prospects are king. For a sales leader, conversations with your reps are king. How you connect will set you up for how you can correct. My advice is go back and break down this conversation with Strat. Go back and listen for the cues around collaborative work. How he uses this work as the collaborator to influence the environment he creates and the ways he becomes a strategist that helps each person achieve. How he helps each person become. All because he isn't trying to manage and keep people inside of guardrails. He's trying to lead by having influence. That's what the jam is, is when people freely give up what they're doing to do something better, to become something different, and choose you to be the guide and, and the Sherpa in that, in that journey. So this is something you want to prioritize, okay? Because I believe that the way that you see the difference between managing and leading, it shows up most obviously in your approach to coaching. So make this a priority. Make this something you want to get great at. And remember, most leaders think already that they're great at coaching. The problem is that less than 20% of the people working for these managers say that coaching they receive is helpful. So you got to first be aware that it matters. Then you got to prioritize it. Then you got to choose to be great at it. And a good place to start is by listening to Strat's approach, okay? Because it's effective. Because it's authentically collaborative, I want to finish by reminding you that the 80-20 rule is real. It's just a few things that you do that will create most of your results. And most sales leaders don't apply that to their sales leadership work. So this week, I want you to really be aware of those three or four things you can do to help you in the role of being a better coach. What are the three or four things that will help you have better conversations so you can create better influence? Because it's usually just these few things that make all the difference. So find them. Become aware of them prioritize them, and then intentionally become great at them. Strat, thanks so much for joining me, my man. I am so pumped you would share your insights on this important topic. Your approach to sales leadership is a difference maker, and I hope our listeners apply just one to two things that we have discussed today. If you haven't connected with Stratton, do yourself a favor and connect with him. He's a fantastic sales leader and one who's happy to have help others if they ever reach out. So reach out to them, connect with them, and then go have better conversations and become a real influencer with those you lead. Finally, got to thank each of you, our listeners. Once again, thank you for supporting the show. Thanks for sharing it with people that you work with. If you liked this episode, please go out and give us that five-star review on iTunes if you think we're worth it. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on my show. But the best compliment you can give me is to share this show with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And whatever you do, don't worry. Just execute. Because we got you.
Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.